Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast version two, episode six. I just checked with Frank and he confirmed that six is the correct number. Uh, so we're already off to a good start here, Frankie. Uh, I'm Jack Savio, of course. He is Frank Naris. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk some uh, NFL week five, all the news and not all the news, but things we want to talk about because this is our fucking podcast, goddammit. We can talk about what we want to. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get into uh, some, some, of course, talking about the Bears. Uh, Colts game talk maybe a little bit Packers as well and how good they've looked so far um, and of course the the biggest news being that Bill O'Brien is out of Houston so uh, we'll get into that and then of course we'll go over our, our week five picks uh, we got some Thursday night football so right off the bat we'll talk some Bears uh, Buccaneers and this week I'll give you actual locks this week and not just kind of dance my way around it like I did last week but uh, yeah we'll, we'll give our picks before we get into all that, of course, Frankie, how are we doing this week, man? It's rough, Jack. It's rough. Rough fantasy week. You know, tell me a little bit more about it. Tell, tell, tell me, go into a little more detail, why don't you? I'd rather not. I'd rather not. But, you know, the, the 3-0 I think you're still seeing Odell in your nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be in my nightmares for quite some time. And it, it wasn't just one league. He knew. He knew I was playing him this week. Three yeah. leagues. He came at you. He came at you hard, and I, I I couldn't be more grateful for it. You were laughing in my face when I made the trade for Odell. What are you doing? You can't be trading DeAndre Swift for him. Yeah, I think it was a pretty good trade so far, Frankie. So uh, <laughs> let's let's get into something that I think gave us a little more of a nightmare uh, dealing with uh, the the Bears and the Colts game. Uh, we'll just start right there. Uh, yikes! I think that that should be the headline uh, from from this week's edition of the Corkdown podcast is for the Bears game. It's just yikes. Uh, that was a dreadful, dreadful performance. The game was boring. It was everything we didn't want. But with that being said, it's exactly what I said when when we were doing our picks and I went with the Colts and I just said, this is the worst week for, for Nick Foles to be taking over because it's the best defense they'll face probably the rest of the year. Um, but I didn't think he would look that bad. Uh, what, what were some of your key takeaways from that game, Frank? Yeah, and you know what? I, I wasn't fully bought in into the Colts' defense. Not to say I thought they were you know, a bad defense by any means, but in terms of the dominance that they showed the first few weeks, that's why I was confident that the Bears could at least move the ball on offense. And even if they settled for field goals, we weren't far off in our assessment in the Colts' offense that you, know, you kind of keep everything in front of you and Phil Rivers just can't make all the throws. So we were right on that aspect. We just didn't yeah. complete it with – well, I didn't complete it. Completed with the Bears' offensive prediction. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my biggest takeaway as I'm watching this game unfold was that the offense literally looked like 2019 all over again. And for the first three weeks, that was some of the best play calling that Nagy, for a, a stretch at a time, has had probably his whole Bears tenure, or at the very least um, since the first half of the 2018 season. That was when he was lighting the world on fire. Um, and I think my conclusion is when Nagy has a quarterback that he trusts, I like, I don't understand. Like, it's like his play calling just goes to shit. Like he thinks he can just, Oh, let me just try this one. See what this does. It doesn't seem like he comes in with an actual plan. And, you know, I kind of relate that back to what I said with it looking like 2019. Cause for, for the most part, he trusted Mitch last year. He was throwing the ball 50 times a week against the Packers in week one. You know, he was throwing the ball 40 times against this defense, 50 times again. Like, and we ran the ball, what, 13 times 
and some of that are 16 times. Some of that was end arounds. Yeah. 16 times. Yeah. And I think there were two or three end arounds and, and uh, some, some third and ones to, to, to Cordero Patterson. I mean, I, I just don't, it seemed like we got back to, to 2019. We're like, what is the actual game plan here? Like, even if the offense has a bad day, which every offense can, can have that, you can at least at the end of the game say, oh, I saw what Sean McVay was trying to do there. I saw what Kyle Shanahan was trying to do there. It just didn't, you know, the players didn't execute or maybe some of them was a little bit off. What exactly was Matt Nagy trying to do here? And that was the same thing we were asking ourselves in 2019. What was the game plan? Yeah. I understand the run is being stuffed, but the one thing we applauded Matt Nagy for the first three weeks is that he was stubborn. He stuck with it. You know, M- Montgomery would get stuffed and he would still go to it. And then he went right back to, well, every now and then on first down, we're just going to give it to, to, to Monty. We'll say we ran the ball and let's let Foles throw it. And then even then it's like, oh, they're five-yard dig routes. They're five-yard stop routes. Well, Aaron, I will just try to stretch the defense every now and then we're going right back to the short, quick stuff. And it's like, when things aren't working, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. It's he, he is a very perplexing play caller. And I almost want him to not trust his quarterbacks because it, at least in the first three weeks, we're moving the ball. We're running the ball very well. Our offensive line isn't getting fucking blown to bits on every run play. Like, I don't I don't understand it, Jack. And that was my takeaway. I just I don't understand him as a play caller. Yeah, yeah. I think three three big takeaways for me were uh, number one is the the Bears are still looking for their offensive identity. Like, there's a lot of teams you look around the league and you say, okay, what do, what do the Packers do well? Well, they like to stretch the field. They like to get the ball out quickly. They like to move Aaron Rodgers around a little bit. You look at the Saints, obviously short, quick passing game. You look at the 49ers, they're they're a power run game, they're you know, zone offensive running scheme like the Bills. They like to run the ball, they like to do a little balance, they like to have balance. For the Bears, it's just like, what do they do well? What it, they just seem to kind of go week by week and, and like to have that, you know, creativity that hasn't really shown itself yet. I'm still waiting for this offense to kind of click. And one of the the second thing I picked up on was who on this offense, and it's the same thing I talked about last year. It's exactly what you were saying. Who on this offense is better in this scheme? I mean, really, like, like I, I guess we can say that flat out, let's say it right now, Darnell Mooney is the clear number <laughs> clear number two receiver on this team. I mean, talent-wise, a couple high – like, he he high-pointed a couple a couple balls, and I, I was just – I was very impressed by him. I thought it was Allen Robinson. Like, yeah. Without seeing the number, just seeing the player jump, I was like, oh, nice <laughs> – by a rob and then you're like wait a minute Uh, (laughs) like yeah i mean robinson he's just a great player i I don't i think he's going to be good in any offense that that hopefully he will stay with the bears because i don't know why they haven't extended him at this point it's it's absolutely ridiculous but they're just kind of just do things to do things It, it doesn't feel like there is that plan and and the the really the third thing i noticed offensively was if if quarterback isn't the number one concern, then left tackle needs to be number one because we've seen this from Charles Leno for the last um, year and and four games now is 2018. He looked vastly improved. We're like, okay, this guy can, this guy can fucking play. But last year we saw some struggles and you're kind of like, okay, uh, what's going on here? And you know, the first couple games he, he had to bounce back, but then last week he was terrible this week. He's just, Justin Houston. I mean, it's not Kansas City Justin Houston, but he's just blowing around him. 
just blowing up every play. Nick Foles is the guy. The reason the the, diff, the biggest difference between him and Mitch, obviously, is is that Nick operates out of the pocket. You know, he's not a runner. He's not going to beat you with his legs. So he's going to need a clean pocket to be successful. And I mean, Charles Leno just was not getting it done. Like I, I don't know how you keep moving forward with him if he has another game like that next uh, against Tampa Bay. Like, yeah. I was very disappointed all around with the Bears offense. And I, I'm just not inspired when, again, after the game, Matt Nagy, well, we need to run the ball more. You are the play caller. Do you, do you, under, do you hear yourself? Like, you can make that decision. Yeah. Don't tell me that you need to run the ball. We heard that infinitely number of times since he's took over as the Bears head coach. That's a, yeah, I mean – I just I don't understand why he's he gets a quarterback and then he's like, all right, time to throw the ball. Like, right. no. and, that, and see, and, and, and that's my point. It's like he wants to get away from some of the traditional things that make football teams really good because he wants to show his creativity. But it's like I don't think he understands that you need to have a foundation before you can start branching out and doing things that are a little bit unconventional. Like yeah. I wouldn't hire to I, w- I wouldn't hire to run the I formation, but but if you can't establish something like that, then why do you think like a gadget play is going to work on third and five or th- you know what I mean? Like, and he seems to want to be the smartest guy, and no no one's doubting how smart he is, but it's that's like sometimes you just have to let your team out execute. That that's exactly what it is. It's it's him needing to be the smartest guy in the room. It's it's almost Mark Trustman esque where he's just like. I'm going to beat you because I'm going to outthink you as opposed to our players are better than your players. I'm going to call the the, mo- the most successful play with a running back. Stop putting Cordero Patterson back in the backfield. You, you bring, you sign Artavis Pierce, who was very good in the, in the in training camp from what we've heard. Then he's just not active. And all you have is, is Montgomery who barely touches the ball. You have, Cordero, Cordero Patterson, who's a wide receiver. You have Ryan Nall for some strange reason on this team. Why is Artavis Pierce not playing this game? Or, But you have Tyler Bray as the third quarterback. I, I heard a really great point this week, and, and it was it's almost that he just wants too many voices in, in the room. Like there's just so many coaches and, and, and thinkers and, and ways of doing things, and he likes having – that creativity and that, you know, that, that hybrid nature of it, but it's almost just too much, like just scale it down a little bit and and just do the things that, you know, work, just trust your team yeah. out execute. That's the whole point, but yeah. he just, you're right. He, he just gets too smart with it. And then away from Matt Nagy though, let's just, so we can, you know, talk about the actual players themselves. Cause in the first half, uh, Nick Foles was not making the throws. I, I hope I, – and I don't want to jump out the window because people are already – well, let's just put Mitch back in. To be honest with you, I want to see Foles for the rest of the year. We know – like, we're, throw this season out the window. Like, if we can win the Super Bowl, fucking phenomenal. But it, realistically, we need to evaluate what we have right now. We know what we have in Mitch. He's not the guy. So now I think you use the rest of this season to see can, Fol- can Foles be extended for another year? Do we have to, you know – trade a Khalil Mack and move in the front or whatever. You know, you kind of look at your options that way. So for me, I want Nick Foles moving forward. He didn't make the throws in the first half, but then it's like on the flip side, it's like if it's not one thing, it's the other. Because then he started making throws in the second half, not all of them perfect, but throws that NFL receivers should come down with. Anthony Miller's dropping passes. Um, 
who 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 was the uh, Allen Robinson dropped a couple passes, a big third down passes. I mean, we have guys who are supposed to be sure-handed guys that aren't making the plays when they need to. And I get it, you know, the offense is struggling. You may you may have not gotten targeted for a quarter and a half or whatever, but when it calls upon you, you have to make the play. The, these are, are game-changing potentially plays, right? This is another first down that keeps the defense off the field. This is now we're in field goal range. This, you know what I mean? This uh, this gets a chance to maybe get some rhythm on offense. And it seems like, and it was the same thing with when Mitch was in the game, though. It's like he's missing throws, so that's on him. But then when he's making throws, they're being dropped. We can't, like, something's got to give here. You know what I mean? Like, I get balls are going to be dropped, but it's heightened when you have a quarterback who's not making the throws all game, if you have four drops a game, but every one of your, your throws are on point, you can live with that. Cause you're going to, you have another chance next. Now we have no fucking clue. what's going to happen now next series. Cause we don't have a quarterback <laughs> that, you know what I mean? But right. I would like to be able to chalk this up as a quarterback who didn't really get a chance to, you know, get on the same page with his receivers. Cause there was no preseason. There was a very limited training camp action. And there was honestly, there was some plays where it was a lot less of Nick Foles being inaccurate and him holding the ball a tad bit too long because he wasn't on the same page. Like I'm thinking of the, there, there was a third down where he kind of lofted it up to Darnell Mooney uh, and the cornerback made a very good play on it. Um, and he held it probably a second too late, but it's one of those things. And we kind of saw it and it's not, not to compare Tom Brady and Nick Foles by any means, but just showing you like a, a quarterback in a new system week one, he looked really bad. Him and Mike Evans weren't on the same page and he threw a couple picks, and it wasn't that the ball was off. He just thought Mike Evans was going to do something different. They weren't seeing the defense the same. And I hope we can chalk up this performance by Nick Foles. One, to your point that, you know, this indie team is legit. This defense is very good. But two, he's just not on the same page. So as the season goes on, we'll actually be able to see that. But we need to put to bed bringing in Mitch Trubisky for the rest of this season. I just don't think it's it, it can happen. No, and, and – one of the my biggest concerns with Foles, and, and this will kind of be my last point, then we can kind of move on here um, to some other things. My biggest concern with Foles was that he he was brought in, obviously, not just this week, but to this team as a guy who understands uh, the, the offense. He understands Nagy's scheme. He's worked with them in Philadelphia, Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. We heard it a million times. And he just – looked kind of lost. Like he wasn't making the quick reads. We saw that he was making in Atlanta. He wasn't just trusting his arm to kind of just make some plays. And I get it. It's probably difficult when you're throwing the guys who you <laughs> you're not sure if they're going to catch it or not. But um, I, that would be my biggest concern was Foles just looked unsure. And I thought the whole point of Foles being in there was he would make those quick reads and quick decisions. So that needs to be, that needs to be improved. And, and again, Indy's defense, I mean, the secondary is is very good. The, the the defensive line, them trading their first pick for DeForest Buckner has been a great move so far by by Chris Ballard. And they need to pick it up. They need to get kind of more in sync and they need to have it needs to happen quickly because this offense doesn't have time to, to play around. So we need to kind of get it going. Um we talked a little bit about you know Mitch not being the guy, and and one of the guys that he was was picked after him was was Deshaun Watson, and he's got to be jumping up and down right now because <laughs> Bill O'Brien uh, got fired after after their loss to, to Minnesota, and Frank, I, I really have to ask you like, is it with all the success that te- that that Houston had with Deshaun Watson at quarterback? You know they made the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't win, really win a whole 
a lot of meaningful games in the playoffs, but they still were a good team. I mean, is it that crazy to think that with all the time Ryan Pace has had and the quarterback selection he made, is it is it crazy to think that he's going to be that he can be fired after this year? No, I I don't think it is. I don't think it's crazy to 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 look at uh, Ryan Pace being fired or Matt Nagy being fired because realistically, while they're winning ball games, just like the Texans were, I mean, twelve and four and eight and eight for a first you know first two years of your coaching career isn't awful at all, but it's it's a lot of the times it's less about the outcome and more about, are you still doing your job? I get, I, and people are getting this amazing. Well, your job is to win. I, I, I get that. But Matt Nagy was here to be the offensive guru, the offensive genius that unlocks these weapons that has Mitch humming or whoever, whatever court, if it wasn't Mitch, if he wanted to get his guy eventually, whatever. And it just hasn't happened. You know, you made a point off air that I thought was brilliant that, you know, e- e- even looking at the first eight or nine weeks when the Bears offense was really good, the defense was getting a lot of turnovers. And, yeah. the, and that offense had a lot of short fields. And I don't know if this offense even which short fields could do that anyway, but still, <laughs> it, it's, it's still a very good point that you made. Um, and, you know, even if they win 10 games and it still looks like this, because this, this is funny as we're, you know, we're, we're critiquing them. This, this offense works against bad teams, even mediocre yeah. teams. It's not going to get you over that top. So we know there's a lot of mediocre teams in the NFL. We're going to win games playing this way, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like you would hope that if you look like this consistently that you can kind of bottom out and get yourself a quarterback that that uh, has promise. But it, it's, you know, they're going to win games like this. So let's say they go 10 and six, they make the playoffs, they lose in the first round. It's not nuts to fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, right? You're still not getting it done. You're not playing modern day football. Nick Mullins is throwing for fucking 300 yards a week. CJ Beathard gets in there and looks like a competent quarterback with good coaching around him. Like I just don't No, no one. And that's the thing, like no one's asking Mitch or Nick Foles to like light the world on fire uh, and, you know, be the next coming of Josh McCown or anything like that. Easy. Relax. <laughs> but, no, but, but in all seriousness, we're not asking for 400 yards. Yeah. We're asking to move the ball. We're asking to be watchable. We're asking to like but, be a modern day offense. That's all we want. But but my my uh, point that I, I made um, just texting you after the game, it, it, why why aren't we asking for four hundred yards? Like you look around the league and you see you see Dak Prescott throwing for 500, 500 yards every single week. You see uh, Russell Wilson, and granted, these are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that the Bears have anything even close. But man, you have Justin Herbert coming in to the Chargers, and he just looks like Drew Brees two point Like he just. As the strong arm, he's making the throws. He's hitting 300 yards a game. He's keeping that. He was going toe to toe with with Tom Brady, and I know yeah. I, I heard the whole game, and it was annoying crap out of me. We get it. Tom Brady is old. Justin Herbert was two years old when he started. Okay, I don't care. Like fucking get over it. But you see all of the all of these offenses around the league. Like this is record scoring NFL yeah. history right now in this season. Yep. Why? With Matt, like if this was, if this was Lovey Smith is still the head coach in the defense, you know, and he was a defensive guy, or it was whatever, any number of defensive guys. If Chuck Pagano was the head coach of the Bears, God forbid that would ever happen. This is an offensive head coach who came in with who was supposed to be this smart guy who could put up points. I mean, he guaranteed what was it like? He said, "Our the goal is to score a point every two minutes or some shit like that." Why are we so far away from that still? Yeah. Why are we so 
it, this is like the 1970s Bears offense right now. Like, yeah. why are, have this has this team? I, the skill players are better than we think. I, I think they're better than we give them credit for right now. I'm not saying that they're the Chiefs. There's no Tyreek Hill on this team. There's no Michael Thomas. There's no et cetera, et cetera. But why can this team not put up more than 12 points a game? It, it's it's in it's insane. It's so frustrating. That's the part that bothers me the most. Why? Well, and I'm 100 with you. I think I need to clarify what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if we can get 350 passing yards a week, who's going to say no to that, right? right. I'm saying it, it's less about the the total numbers at the end. This isn't even a watchable offense, right? right. Like it, it, that, that's my point. Like if if the defense can get you in good field position, if we can start at the 50, if you know. Tariq Cohen when he's healthy or, or Cordero Patterson can set you up on special teams, get a couple of first downs and get a field goal, get a couple of first downs. And maybe if there's a turnover and you feel like you have an, a chance on the next drive, it like, it, you know, it's, it's like, you know what this team is going to look like in the first quarter. Uh, I know we had a couple of big comebacks this year. I'm just generally speaking, because that, that's been, you know, you, you know, it's been the same thing since the second half of 2018. It's, it's the same exact thing, but yeah. to one of your points, and we don't have to go too in-depth, I think, because, again, this is a week-to-week league. If we just go out there and score 40 on the Bucks, and we're like, oh, maybe we figured something out. So I don't want to jump out the window, but I do want to pose the, the, the question or even just suggest, because I, I think we both were on that boat of, you know, I, I do think these skill position players are better, and if they had a better quarterback, they would show that. I don't know anymore, man, because for, for me, I was – gripping on to thinking Anthony Miller would be really, really good. I loved him coming out of college. I loved him coming out of Memphis. The Bears traded up for him. I was very excited for him. And I know you had like the Antonio Brown comparisons and yada. Forget the comparisons. When you look at his footwork, when you look at his separation, when you look at his hands coming out of college, decent size. He's like 5'10", you know, around 200. He can play the slot. He can play outside. And he just hasn't cut like a Rob is a Rob. Just like you said, he is going to do what he does. I mean, he's been playing with bad quarterbacks probably since the sixth grade. This <laughs> balls out no matter who. So he's going to do him, but it's like everything else under him hasn't stepped up to be a solid number two yet. And it's like, if that's the case, it's very hard for me, but then you can get into the circular argument of, well, the quarterbacks are bad. The play calling's bad. So it's like, you kind of have to take it all in at, at, at the same time, but it's like, I mean, we've seen Anthony Miller drop big passes, easy passes, passes that good wide receivers make, passes that T. Higgins met. T. Higgins was a second round pick. T. Higgins makes those grabs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Michael Pittman, when he's healthy, makes those grabs. Well, Colton was a third round pick. He makes those grabs. Yeah. And you know and what I mean? I know, I know a lot of the, the issues are, I know there's some people who are taking some credence to, to Cole Komet really not showing up so far. And, I'm I'm not I'm not ready to say he's Adam Shaheen 2.0 because first of all, first of all, Cole Komet was regarded as the best tight end in the draft. I'm not worried about tight ends developing. I know it takes a little bit longer of time. I know you'd love to see him produce right away, and they're just not really feeding him. But my bigger concern is is right now is just Ryan Pace's inability to scout offensive players. Like he just, I mean, you you like the ideas that he goes with. But it just, for whatever reason, doesn't work out. I mean, granted, nobody really liked the Adam Shaheen pick at all. It was a very confusing pick. Um, and, and, and it really is just weird because you and I had talked about it last year and we talked about it going into this year, especially with the big Jimmy Graham game, where it was 
tight ends are so important to this offense, but then they don't really use their tight end. Like Demetrius Hurst is, is getting a lot of targets compared to Cole Komet. It just doesn't make any sense. Riley Ridley's inactive every every other week. Like it seems like Javon Wims is getting less and less uh, reps just, as well. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. And and I mean, Ryan Pace's drafts just overall, like he just. And granted, he it's kind of his own fault. He's he's giving up so much draft capital every single year. But if they do fire Ryan Pace, and this is kind of the, the end point for me. And again, I, I I mean, yeah, Bill O'Brien being fired is a big deal for Houston. But I wanted to kind of take it in more of a way that impacts us. Right. Um, like they made their correct choice drafting Deshaun Watson. Now, granted, obviously they could have had Patrick Mahomes, but um, or no, it was Mahomes and then Watson. Right. Yeah. Yep. But with that being said, regardless, they had a good court. They drafted one of the two of the or two of the best, one of the two best quarterbacks in the, in the draft. And Bill O'Brien was fired before Ryan Pace. I found that very interesting. And the the one concern I have is that I don't think that you can move on from Ryan Pace, even though I believe he is more deserving to get fired than Matt Nagy is. I still like the way that Matt Nagy is a head coach. I still like the communication. Still like the positive attitude. I still love the way he commands a locker room. That locker room hasn't fractured, even with Mitch being benched, which is fascinating to me. But with that being said, I don't think you can fire a GM and then bring in someone and then that relationship. It usually just doesn't work with a head coach because it's not the GM's guy. Usually they want to get their own players kind of in there. So I don't know. I I don't think you can fire Pace without firing Nagy, but I do think Pace is infinitely more deserving to get fired at this point than Matt Nagy is. Man, I mean, I, I go back and forth with that. And, and you know, I, I don't want to harp too much on it because to both of our points that we've made in the past on past podcasts, on tweets, you know, texts, Pace has turned this roster around tenfold from what he started with. So we know he can yeah. build a full roster. Like, I would like – you almost have to pick a starting point from from um, not from when he first got here because the roster was so depleted, but from when like okay, here's stability. Now can he build on that? Because if he inherited a much better roster, I do think we'd probably be in a better position now. You know what I mean? And he didn't. It took him three years just to build it to a point where it was respectable, and he yeah. did a really good job doing that. So I think that's what makes it tricky. I think for me, I think I almost lean more towards Nagy because. I mean, we're, we're seeing uh, – look at what Stefanski's doing in Cleveland already. He's implementing that ground game that he's known for. The play-action fake is there. He's he's unlocking Odell Beckham as the weeks go on. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and we've even seen that Baker Mayfield maybe isn't as good as some people thought he would be, but he's scheming around him. He schemed, he schemed around Kirk Cousins. He schemes around everyone. Yeah. I mean, like Kyle Shanahan gets right but, in there and he schemes around C.J. Beathard. Like, yeah. It's like if there's an actual scheme and a game plan, you're going to see some sort of results. We haven't really seen that at all. Right. And and I guess, but then again, I guess that's why I go back and forth. Cause to your point, he's a great leader. When you, when, when like, I, I jokingly said like, uh, I, I, on a tweet, like, is he just a non-nerdy version of Mark Tressman? He's not. He's a much better leader. Tressman maybe a tad bit better of a play caller because he did put up points and numbers in, in, in Chicago, but he couldn't lead the team. No one respected him. It was a fractured locker room. We don't see any of that with Nagy. We were out of the playoffs pretty early last year in terms of percentages, and the team never gave up. They kept fighting. You know what you have as a leader. So it's like he's a good head coach, but he's not a good – 
I mean, why can't we just have nice things? Why, why can't we have a good GM that can start from the bottom, build us up, and make us a contender? No, we have a guy who can get us to the back to the middle and can't get us higher. We have a good leader and a shitty play caller at well, coach. Why and, can't and, we have both things, Jack? Because because one twenty one. Because this is who the this is who the Bears are always going to be with this front with this uh, ownership group and and everyone else involved. It's the same team every single year. It's the defense needing to pull up a shitty offense, but. To your, to your point, and then we'll kind of move on to our week five picks here. Um, the last thing I would want to say is in regards to Pace building the team, yes, he, the cupboards were bare when he came in. He did a phenomenal job of making this team respectable. But I don't think, to your point, he can make he can do enough to get this roster over the top. Plus, he is the one that made the decision to draft Mitchell Trubisky when uh, a, a Bleacher Report, I believe it was, came out with just a ton of information just – of him just getting fucking shit on and, and the bears looking just stupid as, as hell, like G- GMs around the league. And, and granted it's three, it's three, four seasons later. Who, who really knows? And I mean, people's opinions change all the time, but I mean, hearing people being like, I don't know who they thought that they it was trading up for Mitch and, and he didn't tell John Fox or anything. Like it just, it just didn't sound good. And then he is the one that hired Matt Nagy. So if you're going to fire Matt Nagy, if you're saying that he deserves to be fired more so than Ryan Pace, then Ryan Pace needs to go as well. Because would you honestly trust Ryan Pace at this point to draft the next quarterback or sign the next head coach? And then answer that and we'll, and we'll move on. You know what? I, I For the sake of the question, my answer would be no. But then I think it goes into a deeper conversation later on that and we've had this conversation and, and let's not dive deep into it. I just kind of want to make it a point. We can get to it in a further, you know, a future episode, but does Mitch Trubisky look this bad in, in, in Andy Reed's offense? The, the reason like they, they ranked Mahomes one, Mitch two, Watson three. Yeah. And that's why they panic, not panic, but they, they, they moved up so high. Cause they're like, fuck Mahomes is going to be gone by the time. Like we thought we can only move up five spots, six spots. Like he's a, he'll be gone. Mitch went earlier than we thought. And you know what I mean? Like, does he even look? So it's like part of me is like, not only do I not trust him to draft the next guy, but then he has to hire someone too that may not be able to develop somebody. Right. I mean, who was the last quarterback to get drafted that didn't need development? Andrew Luck? I mean, Robert Griffin the third, probably too. I mean, you know, kind of those two. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like these guys all need to be developed. Like yeah. Patrick Mahomes sat a whole year, studied the whole system, got to soak up Alex Smith. And and now he coupled that he his brain caught up with his physical attributes much faster because of that. Yeah. Well, and the problem too was that Mitch Trubisky had one year of college experience. That was it. And then he came yeah, in and yeah. was mentored by by John Fox and and Mike Lennon. Like that. Like yeah. Pat Mahomes' quarterback room was Andy Reid and Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yeah. Like Trubisky essentially came in without a ch- without any sort of chance. No, for, for, for sure, but again, it's not to stick up for him. The fact, I mean, he's had three, four years to really improve, and it's been marginal at best. So it's not no, – I don't think he would have been great anywhere or even necessarily good. I just don't think he looks like this in a really good system. Yeah, well, and and to be fair, like I, I know people are probably going to comment and, and you know, let it text us and tweet us and, and whatever about, guys, it's one loss, like calm down. The problem is is that they could – Easily be zero and four right now. Easily be zero and four. Like I'm not, I'm not playing the game. Like they won the games they won. You know they did their jobs. That's fine. I don't want to take the wins away, but 
it, it, it would be foolish for you and I to sit here and say, and, and it, we, who, would we be, who would we be kidding that we said that any of the three wins, we were like, damn, that was impressive. Like, this team is, this team is Super Bowl bound. Like, no, we've seen these flaws. We've had these concerns. Them losing to a, a playoff-bound team the way that they did, I think the Colts are, are going to make the playoffs. You just that just did not look good. Like, it's yeah. just, and, and it's know, more of the same that we've seen for the last however many years with this team. You know, and that, that was going to be that was going to be my ultimate point. It's less about one loss, and 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 it's more about that we've seen this before. Yeah. If the end goal is a Super Bowl, we three and one, zero oh and four, two and two. Throw the the eye test is telling me this is the same exact team as last year. Yeah, and it's like we we hear historically since we were kids and even before that we it's like we're always in football hell we're we're six and ten we're not quite good enough to get that quarterback we're and then the time we do we get mish instead of the other two you know what i mean but (laughs) it's like it's like that every single time it's like we're seven and nine we're eight and eight we have that one year that we're 12 and four and we get all happy and then we don't do anything with it and it's like you just want some sort of sustained success i mean it's the same reason why you know, we, we get so upset with the Cubs and they're odd. Everyone's like, well, you guys are in first place. You make, you're making the playoffs. And it's like, but we know this isn't what it's going to take to win a ring. Yeah. The same thing here. Like, we know we've seen this before. Like, we're not stupid. We're not overreacting to one game. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It's, like, it's, it's this the frustration is- that the Bears are – yeah, it, it's just the frustration that the Bears are always talking about being this proud historic franchise, much like the Bulls where they just live off their six titles. And it's just like – Okay, that that's great, but that's in the past. Like we need to move forward, and it just seems like this Bears team. Just- Bears are the Knicks. Yeah. Oh, don't say that, please. Let's let's not get into that. Let's let's jump right into more Bears talk right here uh, with our with our week five picks, um, and only because this is the Thursday night game. Uh, Tampa Bay is coming here to Chicago. We'll get to see the Bears versus Tom Brady. Uh, I'm going one way. I know Frank is going the other. Frank, why don't you kick us off with this one? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Bucks. I'm going. But I mean, I think they're starting to really hum. I kind of mentioned earlier, Tom Brady's getting on, you know, on the same page as his targets. And you know, this is a bend but don't break defense. That 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 doesn't beat Philip Rivers. It's not going to beat Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it comes down to that. And I just don't think this offense can move the like. We're not going to be able to run the ball again. Tampa Bay can. Their run defense is phenomenal. Their pass defense isn't that great. But it's clear that when Nagy draws up 50 pass plays a game, it's <laughs> ever seen. So I, yeah, I just don't see. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see it, especially on a quick turnaround. I don't see it. I, I, I got the Bucks in a two-score game. I'm, I'm four and zero when it comes to picking the Bears this season. So I, I'm hoping to go five and zero this week. I'm taking the Bears this week um, against Tampa. But it's a short week. They're at home. I think that helps them more than it hurts them. I'm not saying home field advantage is, is crucial, especially during this COVID season, but just the fact that they don't have to travel on a short week, they kind of get to stay home and, and practice a, a little bit more, uh, maybe like once. But um, I'm hoping that quick turnaround will help. They'll have something that they, they want to prove. So I'm hoping they kind of have like a little chip on their shoulder. Um, I, like you said, the pass off, the pass defense of the Bucks isn't that great, but I think that 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 could be something they exploit. I'm hoping for a big game from Anthony Miller. Like, I just hope it's one of those turnaround games that he can kind of just get back on track here. And honestly, like, you said the Bears can't run, but my God, who are the Bucks going to run the ball with? Like Ronald Jones? I mean, the Bucks' run game is taking a serious hit with all the injuries that they have. 
I, I, they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well. I, I know Mike Evans, he came back into the game, but we'll see how healthy he is on a short week. Maybe, you know, something flared up or, or you know, it was a little more swollen. Uh, Godwin's going to be out. Um, I mean, Gronk isn't Gronk. We knew that going, going into the season. I don't even know why. Yeah, I don't even know why they're still activating him, to be honest. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, he, he really does. And I'm just, I think Alex Smith will look if they put in that quarterback. God. Just, I never want to see Alex Smith play quarterback again. I he can't he can't walk. Uh, but I'm going to go Bears. I, I, this may be the last week I trust them. Um, honestly, their their schedule does soften up a little bit after this, yeah. anyways. But um, I, I like this matchup for the Bears. Hey, last time they played Tampa Bay, Mitch threw six touchdowns. That was a different Tampa Bay man. Mitch thrown seven. All right, so between you know, like maybe maybe some magic happens. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Bears. Um, so before, before we go on with our, with our picks, I want to tell uh, a quick story. I don't think I told you this either, and it was really funny. So uh, my wife works on Sundays, so she goes to work at like halftime of the Bears game. Yeah. And me and my son just sit and watch football like all day together, and we're just watching. And apparently I have to – I call like a lot of people bums while, while we're watching <laughs> because that very next Monday th- – this wasn't this past week. Uh, it was the week before – um, he usually wakes up at like 7.30 or 8, and I get an extra like 30 minutes after that or an hour. And my wife will come in and wake me up. And she she turns on the light, wakes me up, and she's like, oh, hey, good morning. And he just is staring at me with this blank stare, just 10 months old. And he's like, bum. <laughs> and I, dude, I laughed hysterically. I laughed for like five straight minutes, just dead in my eyes, just bum. Yeah, I, he, listen, like, he isn't wrong. Day, so cl- I clearly call a lot of people bums on side because it was the very next day after we watched football. All day. The only person I've ever really heard say that word is you whenever we talk about football or, or baseball or whatever. I just bum. Yeah. The bum. So he's a, he, it was, dude, it was so dude, funny. I laughed very hard. That's incredible. I, I, I he's not wrong. You are a bum. Uh, I, I agree. So uh, kind of moving on here a little bit, uh, we got Buffalo at Tennessee. Curious to see if this game will happen. It's still scheduled to happen. Um, I, it just sounds like there might be an outbreak for the, for the Titans. But if it does, I'm going Buffalo, Frank. How about you? I'm going Buffalo as well. And to, to your point, I, I read a report a few hours ago that they have passed two straight, the whole team, two straight sure. um, okay. COVID. So it sounds like it's going to be good to go. Yeah, I mean, just real quick with this game. I mean, Josh Allen so far has just looked MVP caliber. Like the, his his rise, it's just been it's been incredible to be honest. It's, with it, you. I mean, we said you know it's funny we said this last year he was looking like Mitch was supposed to in terms of progression. Yeah, and it just never panned out. I mean, he yeah he's developed, and that's we need to start actually taking down some of these topics because I do want to like look at he's one of the only quarterbacks that I can remember that like was supposed to be a project that is like panning out. Usually yeah, the actually terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got Jacksonville at Houston, uh, new coach. Uh, I believe it's Romeo Cornell. Um, but with that being said, I've, I've been picking Jacksonville, you know, here and there, and I, I got to stop. They're, 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 they're horrible. They're, they're, the worst, they're one of the worst teams in football. I'm going Houston this week. I, I think this is where they get their first win. How about you, Frank? I'm going Houston as well. I think they're going to be rejuvenated with the new coach and kind of, I mean, they're all kind of fighting for the jobs now, right? Coach is gone early. We need to prove that we still can be here or be somewhere. So I'm going Houston. Cincinnati at Baltimore last week, uh, Joe Burrow got his first win. Um, I can, I, can I safely assume that we both think that he will not be getting his second win this week? 
Yeah, I'm going Ravens as well. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty easy matchup for the Ravens, especially being home. Uh, one of the more interesting games, honestly, one that I had a little bit tougher of time with, Carolina at Atlanta. Uh, Frank, who are you going with in this one? I went with Atlanta. I think um, the Panthers have been a little bit up and down for me. And I think since they had an up, they're going to have a down right now. <laughs> um, and I, th- I think the Falcons get their first win, right? They're on four. Yeah, I think yeah. they get their first win against Carolina. I'm going with Carolina. Uh, I just I, I like the way that Teddy Bridgewater has been playing so far. And I just think that defense is just abysmal, a, 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 just terrible for the Falcons. And the fact that that we haven't seen the little update that uh, Dan Quinn has been fired yet, it, it's just it's unreal to me. I mean, it's it's Julio Jones maybe hurt or maybe he just quit on the team, because honestly, would you would you want to play for this team either? No. Um, so I'm going to go with Carolina. Um Las Vegas at Kansas City, both gone Chiefs here. Yeah, I'm not. There's not going to be a week that I pick against the Chiefs. No, not after I picked the the Ravens to to win that last one. I'm going with with the Chiefs as well. But I will say Las Vegas hasn't looked terrible. They haven't looked as bad as no, I thought. I mean, Gruden, Gruden. I, I mean, if Josh Allen is what Mitch was supposed to be, John Gruden was what Nagy was supposed to be. Take a young roster, continue to build them up, and make them watchable. And it's yeah. not there. Um, and then this is one of my locks for the week, uh, Arizona at, at the jets. Uh, I know the Cardinals have kind of been on a downspin lately, uh, but there's absolutely no way, no way they lose this game to the jets. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Cardinals here. I, the same way that I'm not going to pick against the chiefs. I'm not picking the jets all season. I don't know how you could, especially if Darnold doesn't play. Right. I mean, Joe Flacco is not going to be leading you to many victories. Uh, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh was off last week uh, because of the the COVID with them playing the Titans. Philadelphia got their first win and looked pretty good doing so in San Francisco. Uh, but they're not going to continue that win streak. I'm going Pittsburgh. How about you, Frank? Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh as well. I just don't think – I mean, that the, the Eagles aren't going to be able to do to the Steelers defense what they did against the pretty depleted Niners defense. I, I just I, – I don't see that happening. Yeah, and uh, the quarterback play in in Pittsburgh is uh, much better than it was in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, then we got uh, another lock this week: the Rams at Washington. I'm going Rams. How about you, Frank? I'm going Rams as well. Yeah, Washington. They have, they have looked so weird this year. They're winning, but I mean, they they look like a Matt Nagy offense on steroids, almost right? Like yeah. they're making yeah. that extra play that the Bears can't, and that's the yeah, only they, difference. They, they don't look dominant, but they look good enough to, to beat a, a Washington team that, yeah. I mean, they're, they're starting to look like the Washington team we thought they would be uh, yeah. <laughs> coming into this Dwayne year. Haskins, Dwayne Haskins won't be, the, which is unfortunate. I really liked him out of college, uh, but he's not going to be the quarterback next year. Yeah, Ohio State quarterbacks have a difficult time translating to the NFL. I don't know why that is, but, but we'll see if maybe he'll get another shot uh, somewhere else. Miami at San Francisco. Um I won't say this is a lock, uh, but it, depending on quarterback play, I'm going San Francisco in this one. Um, Miami is kind of just – they're they're getting to the – we're at the point in the season where they're talking potentially switching to Tua because uh, Fitzpatrick just isn't getting it done. But I, I don't know why they would make that switch now, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm going to go San Francisco. I think they're just a better team. I'm going San Francisco as well. Yeah, the Dolphins, uh, they're just not getting it done. I think uh, – they're going to have to give the, the kid a chance at some point this year. They're, Tua just has to play. I mean, it's they're not competing. Yeah. Let him get out there and see what he's got. 
another lock this week. I don't. I know people may be scared off by this, but th- this is easily a lock for me. Uh, the Giants at Dallas. I'm going Dallas at home. They they need <laughs> they need this win, uh, and the offense is just it's too good. It's too good to be doing what they're doing right now. But that defense is is really holding them back. So, what about you, Frank? Are you going with the Giants this week? I'm going with the Cowboys over the Giants. Good. Because Daniel Jones, I mean, what can he do with that offense? It's, I mean, he just turns the ball over a yeah. ton. Yeah, yeah. This is Eli Manning. That's exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, a questionable game for me. I think a lot of this just has to revolve around quarterback play. Uh, Denver at New England. I'm going New England. They're at home. If Drew Locke plays, I may switch that over to Denver, but I, I still feel confident with the New England pick. Where are you going, Frankie? Yeah, I'm, I'm going New England. Even if Drew Locke plays, I mean, the, Bill Belichick just knows how to confuse young quarterbacks. I, yeah. I can't off the top of my head think of the, a young – I mean, even like Pat Mahomes, I understand they won, but he did not look like Pat Mahomes against – I mean, he – Bill's game planning is, is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I would have to believe that after what Brian Hoyer showed. I mean, he is who he is. If if Cam can't go this week, I I, I have to believe that Jared Stidham is going to get another. He's going to get. The I start, agree. Right? And I would think I would think with a depleted uh, Broncos team that they're going to run the ball a ton with Burkhead and uh, and Damon. Damon Harris looked good. He looked really yeah, good. He did. He did. Um, then we got the Colts at Cleveland. Um, should be one of the more entertaining games this week. Um, with that being said, though, I'm, I'm going with the Colts in this one. How about you, Frankie? Yeah, Colts and Browns is my game of the week. It's also my lock of the week. I'm going Colts over Browns. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Browns offense looked good, but I, I think they have too many injuries. Uh, I, and, well, I, I also think they – I mean, they haven't played a defense. Like, the, like, yeah, like, I, like I just don't, I, I don't think it – I mean, DeFore, uh, DeForest? Yeah, DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner, I mean, what he does in the middle – I don't think, which sucks, I just traded for Kareem Hunt in a, in a different league than what we're in. So I hope he can maybe get a couple of catches and, and, and get me you know, 15, 16 points. But I don't see how they run the ball like, like they want to against that team. I mean, it, that, no. that, that front seven is vicious. Yeah, and Xavier Rhodes looks to be one of the signings of the, of the offseason right now. He's just playing real great. And I think uh, I was a little confused by the run plan for, for Indy last week against the Bears. But I, I think this week they get Jonathan Taylor going uh, and, and – He'll kind of just take over that game. Uh, then we got Minnesota at Seattle. Again, uh, this is a lock for me. Uh, I'm going Seattle at home against uh, just a truly awful Vikings team. How about you, Frankie? Yeah, I'm going Seattle as well. It, it, it'll be one of those Kirk Cousins games where it looks closer at the end than it actually was because he's going to get garbage time points against a bad secondary. But, yeah, I think the Seahawks light them up. Yeah, I, I don't see them being able to stick around a shootout. But – with that being said, Justin Jefferson is <laughs> starting to look like the real deal. Uh, now moved him to the outside. Uh, then we got the uh, Sunday night game, uh, which actually got a lot more interesting, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Chargers at New Orleans. Frank, who are you going with in this one Sunday night? I'm going Saints. Um, I thought Michael Thomas was going to be back last week. He was not. It sounded like he's for sure going to go week five. Um and, it, you know, Drew Brees has looked as much as I critic arm strength still isn't there, but it's starting to hum a little bit more as an offense. And God damn it, Alvin Kamara can play ball. Um, yeah. He's 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 very, very good. And I think I think losing Eckler really hurt. I mean, we saw a huge difference in that Chargers offense with Eckler going down. I mean, J- Justin Jackson can play. He's not a number one guy. And Josh Kelly, I don't think, is ever going to take the role that they look for in their RB1. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm going with the upset for this one. I'm going with the Chargers. Um 
I just I just really like Justin Herbert so far. He's he I do too. my expectations for him. I, I, I really just thought he was going to be Marcus Mariota 2.0 uh, just coming out of that Oregon offense. But, I mean, he has the arm strength. He has the, the – I mean, he's, he's making the quick reads. He, he doesn't really look like a rookie. And they, they do have a lot of skill players that I like. With that being said, the Saints should win this one. But I I, I don't – I don't know. I, I didn't love how they looked against the, the Lions, if I'm being honest with you. I know that the game was kind of over before, you know, before you knew it, but there's just something off about the Saints team. And, and I know it's at home. I know they don't lose in the Superdome, but this the Saints team just looks different. And and I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel I feel like there could be an upset here. With that being said, they'll probably lose 41. <laughs> like the, the Chargers will probably get blown out of the water. But I, I'm yeah. I'm riding with my guy. Uh, I'm riding with my guy, um, Justin Herbert, right now. But uh, a quick correction to be made. That's actually the Monday night game. Uh, Minnesota at Seattle's the Sunday night. Uh, the, the Packers in Detroit are on buys this week. So that I got a little confused there. But, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I feel good about a couple, <laughs> a couple of these. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, I, I didn't realize how, how big in, like, NFL – ready uh justin herbert was just in terms of like body type i didn't realize that he was i mean he's a yeah. big dude he's like what yeah. six six two yeah, thirty forty. I mean, too. I mean he can he can fit the ball in places where he shouldn't be able to but uh yeah that'll that'll wrap it up for this week's edition of the corked up podcast version two uh i am jack savio he is frank naris we appreciate you guys listening wherever you listen or watching if you're watching on youtube uh, this uh, this episode will get up quickly because we want to have it up before uh, Thursday night when uh, the Bears are going to dominate Tom Brady and you know tear his ACL here or there. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right, everyone. Later. Bye, guys.